Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Kevin Hardwick, big week in politics, always a big week in politics. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the studio now my uh, my guest for the uh, the first hour is uh, Michael Crocker. Michael is a former aide to uh, Congressman Chris Collins. He recently was appointed the executive director of Upstate New York. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Okay, I don't want to talk to you for a while. I want to talk to my <laughs> other guest uh, in studio. Actually, he's going to help me with the interrogation of Michael Crocker, and that's uh, Chris Horvatis uh, from uh, Channel 4. Chris, welcome. First time in the the studio here. It is. Good morning. A- have you ever done radio before? I have. Back in my Rochester days, I did a couple things over there, but not here at uh, WBEN. Wow. So well, thanks for is, having me This in. is great. I gave him the tour of the uh, the facility here, and I, I'm he Very is, uh, scenic. Duly, duly impressed. Um, Chris, give us a little background on you. You're a local boy right that's right lancaster uh born and raised st mary's high school and then at 18 i decided to leave stayed in upstate new york though michael uh went to suny oswego because you couldn't get into canisius college i wasn't smart you be all the western new york you would have been much better off if you got (laughs) canisius of course no i wanted to go to oswego oswego has a really good uh communications program as i learned while i was there and they have mild winters there too i understand mild to less than mild yeah no uh it's coming the the winds are starting to howl out there so so now as i recall al roker of uh, nbc's weather guy went to oswego that's correct and al's a guy who actually if you you know you watch uh, the today show which of course you don't because you watch channel four all the time obviously i've never uh, they they have a show called today yeah uh, we, of course, uh, CBS this morning. That's what you want to watch, of Got course. It. However, um, Al, he, has, he always talking about his Oswego pride, which is uh, great. A lot of the alum alumni uh, from Oswego have a lot of Oswego pride, which is one of the things I love about it. So so where did you do your uh, – where, where did you pay your dues before you came to Channel 4? Uh, so if you thought Oswego weather was bad – I got to take you up to Watertown and WWNY TV because uh, that Tug Hill was was uh, the Tug was Hill rough. Plateau, right? yes, sir. Yes. So and and then to Channel Four, and then to uh, actually WATC in Rochester, and then Channel Four, making your way slowly here. That's okay. right. I did. I call it the tour of Lake Ontario. All just right, kind of work my way around. Well, well, well. Listen, you're you're going to help today. So uh, let me. Uh, I'll give you the second question. I got to ask Mike the first, the easy question. A little bit of history of your organization. Sure, and thanks for having me on. It seems uh, maybe Chris should be. But, the by the way, history of you. You, <laughs> you go back. You go back. Jo, you and I go back. You were the executive That's director right. of the Erie County Republican Committee. Did a great job there uh, before uh, before going to the Collins organization. You were excellent. You did, as I was telling Chris earlier, you're a very good guy with numbers. I mean, anybody can handle a spreadsheet, manipulate it, but you knew what you were looking for and you knew how to find it. Um, also, should be noted, you went to uh, 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 SUNY College at Geneseo. I did. Because you also couldn't get into Canisius. Oh, I think it's a <laughs> well-regarded public ivy, so we're in good shape. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, Yeah, absolutely. A little I history of the uh, Unshackle Upstate. I took over as executive director at Unshackle earlier uh, in September, 
this is a pro-taxpayer, pro-employer advocacy organization uh, made up of five regional chambers of commerce that serve on my board. So I'll be working with our state legislators in hopes of advancing pro-upstate legislation. That's obviously going to be a difficult uh, road to, to travel as uh, we're looking at some changes coming in November in Albany, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity, and I'm proud to be working for you know my hometown community. Well, well, well you know, Chris Arvadas at uh, Channel 4 is just chomping at the bit to ask a Collins <laughs> question. And, and we talked beforehand, and we don't want this to become sure. the Chris Collins show, and we don't got to get bogged down in this. So I told him he could have one question and, and one follow-up. So, Chris, uh, Chris take your uh, best shot. They would take my it. journalism card away if yeah, I didn't right, ask right. anything. First, talk about this. You, you were a longtime aide to him. That's correct. And you were when he was uh, indicted on federal insider trading charges early August. What was it like in the office that day? I'd imagine there was a lot of confusion, a lot of discussion, speculation. Take us inside the office yeah, that day. Yeah, it was uh, it was not a fun day, that's for sure. We uh, you know, when we got the news, uh we sat down as a state on office, uh both with our Washington folks and our district folks, had a call, explained what was happening and figured out how we were gonna move forward and what we we're gonna do next. Was so, the congressman on that call? Did he talk to you guys no, that day? No. He was not. Did you ever have any concerns with his relationship uh, with Innate Immunotherapeutics, which is the company sort of uh, in the well, middle of all you know, this? Obviously, it was certainly a situation we were all very familiar with. Uh, there was a OCE investigation. There was a lot of media that went around it. So, yeah, it was, it was a part of uh, the challenges of our office for a long time. And then you decided to go and work with Unshackle Upstate. Why move over, over uh, there? I had actually – my conversations with the organization began – well before all this happened, uh, Greg Barilla, my predecessor, was moving on to NFIB, mm-hmm. and I became aware that this was an opening. I'd been with the congressman for a long time, uh, was looking for maybe an p- opportunity to change things up, obviously. Uh, with with uh, that situation, it maybe made the jump a little easier, but it was something I had been exploring regardless of the indictment. It, 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 it certainly had to be a lot uh a lot less stressful making <laughs> going over there to but a lot uh, more unchecked. territory. That's for sure. Well, a lot more territory. You talked earlier about the driving. I mean, how, how much territory do you cover? All of upstate New York, really. So, you where know. is upstate New York? <laughs> yeah, that's we could yeah, spend a whole show on a, that. Uh, that's a whole question, right? Um, we sort of define it as so. Is M- it pretty much every MTA every place Chris Horvatitz has worked? Uh, that's right. Oswego that's right. and uh, Watertown. Name, name an upstate uh, TV station that Chris worked at. And that's that's our map. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a lot of territory. Uh, I was up in Plattsburgh. That's a long drive. Uh, so oh, I, God. I have a lot of sympathy. Like seven for, and a half uh, hours for Buffalo, right? Yeah, Something that's like that. right. That's right. And there's a state park right in the middle of it that's mm-hmm. hard to traverse. So. Do you, do you ever get the inlet? <laughs> Not yet. That, that's a that's a Chris Orvadets okay. uh, inside. Yes. No, Chris, I, Chris and I have a have a love of the Adirondacks and Old Forge, where I vacation, right. Inlet, where he mutual vacations. vacation uh, destination. Uh, I get up to Brandingham. Let, let, let me ask Forge. you about the organization. Who, yeah. who funds it? I mean, it's a it's a pro business, pro taxpayer sure. group. Isn't so, it? how does it differ from late, let's say the business council? So my organization is made up of five upstate New York regional chambers of commerce: Buffalo, Rochester, Binghamton, North Country and associated builders and contractors. I think our big differentiating standpoint is that we're solely upstate focused. We're the only upstate-only advocacy organization in Albany. Uh, there's you know, sort of always that traditional upstate-downstate mm-hmm. divide in the state legislature. 
we provide a voice for the upstate business community and the upstate taxpayer. So, so you might differ a little bit from, say, the business council, which represents the entire yeah, state? I, you know, I just sort of, I like to say that we are an unapologetic advocate for upstate New York. That's where our membership is. New York City's economy is a lot different than ours, so I'm fighting for upstate focused issues. And, and I asked you earlier, you, you work out of, uh, the partnership, the Buffalo Niagara, Niagara partnership here gives Dottie you some office Gallagher space. was kind enough to open up some space for me. And, uh, how, how many, are there other staff people or is it just you? I, I have one part-time employee. So, and you cover a lot of ground. Okay. What, uh, what sort of things have you been advocating for recently legislation wise? Sure. So, t- t- tell me, I mean, you were not there for this legislative session. You were still working for That's Chris right. Collins, the legislative session ended in uh, late June, early July. Uh, but what, uh, how, from, from your organization standpoint, Unshackle, uh, upstate, how, uh, how did, uh, how did the state legislature do this session? <laughs> well, this session was, uh, was fortunate. I mean, there was one big success in that they got workers' compensation reform, which was historic victory, had been on our, our agenda for a long time, hadn't been reformed in over 10 years. Uh, that's gonna lower the cost of doing business all across New York State. Uh, but, you know, going forward, we're, you know, we've got a lot of issues on our agenda. There's efforts in Albany to advance a single-payer health care system, $200 billion in new taxes. Uh, there are, there are uh, prevailing wage law expansions that are concerning employer. You know, these mandates on employers that we just can't afford. All right. We have Chris Horvatitz of Channel 4 with a uh, non-Collins question <laughs> That's right. for Mike Crocker, Executive Director of Unshackle Upstate. Now, two of the big issues that are expected to come up in Albany next year, and I want you to tell me how these, if at all, affect the business climate, business community here in western and upstate New York. Um, recreational marijuana is, is the first one, and I'll let you touch on that. D- does Unshackle Upstate take yeah, it, a position actually, on that? This came up on our, our weekly board call uh, last week. You know, it's maybe not something that you traditionally think of as an employer issue, but there are con- certainly some concerns for employers. You know, are you allowed to screen for marijuana, or is mm-hmm. it going to be regulated like alcohol? Uh, you know, in New York State, for example, we're the only state in the nation that has a scaffold law, which puts mm-hmm. full liability on contractors for anybody who's injured on the job. And if they, somebody comes to work high on marijuana and they get hurt, the contractor's still going to be liable for uh, full coverage. So That scaffold law is something that uh, contractors say just drives up their insurance premiums, makes it tough 100%. for them to, um, to, to continue to pay for what they do. Um, and, and as you referenced, New York's the only state in the union mm-hmm. with that on the books, and it, it, there doesn't seem to be a discussion, hasn't seemed to have been a discussion over the past couple of years in Albany to, to get rid of that. Well, I've, some of the senators that I've talked to uh, have indicated that there is an appetite to, to look at this issue. Uh, it's huge for my membership. It drives up the cost of doing business. It stifles development here in New York. And it's, like you said, we're the only state that has this law. It's 100% liability on the employer. Uh, we'd like to see, you know, uh, legislation to reform that so that there's a comparative uh, standard for, you know, liability. And the second issue expected to come up is sports gambling, something a lot of other states mm-hmm. have already looked at. Is that something that Unshackle Upstate has been looking I, at? I don't think it's something that we've we've looked into. Uh, obviously, there's likely an employer uh, component to that, but I don't think it's on our agenda. One of the things that recently came out that I know Unshackle Upstate had had taken a close look at was the the business tax, the index report, the, the basically a report on the tax climate of all 50 states. New York ranked 48th, yep. only ahead of 
California and New Jersey. And some of the specific rankings in that individual income tax rank 48th, sales tax rank 42nd, property tax rank 47th. That's what you're up against, right? Absolutely. I mean, New York State's uh, well regarded as one of the least uh, business friendly states in the nation. We have uh, people leaving the state for better opportunity. I know the governor just recently kind of stepped in it by saying that people are only leaving here because of the weather. We know that's not true. People are leaving because it's tough to do business. It's expensive to live here. We overregulate and tax everything too high. If if you're just tuning in, our guest this morning is Michael Crocker. Mike is the new executive director of uh, Unshackle Upstate. He's being uh, questioned uh, just a moment ago by Chris Horvatitz of uh, Channel uh, 4, a very well-prepared, I might add, uh, uh, Chris Horvatz, he's actually done his research yeah, much much that. more so than me. I think <laughs> I think we're going to turn the show over to Chris shortly. We have to take a break now. When we return, uh, Mike will be here. Chris will still be here. Eventually, we'll get around to uh, taking your calls if you want to line up uh, to talk to Michael Crocker. Eight zero three zero nine thirty, the number to call. Eight zero three zero nine thirty. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio nine thirty WBen. Welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick sitting here with Michael Crocker, Mike, the new executive director of Unshackle Upstate, a pro-business, pro-taxpayer group. Um, and uh, and uh, also uh, uh, Chris Horvatitz of Channel 4. Chris Horvatitz of Channel 4 along to help uh, ask the questions. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, my understanding is that uh, your organization also makes endorsements That's for, uh, for uh, state offices. That's correct. Uh, let me guess, uh, you're not endorsing Governor Cuomo? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't typically endorse in statewides, but I would be surprised if the governor was able to get our support. Uh, we, we did just last week roll out our legislative scorecards. That is a part of our mm-hmm. overall endorsement process, which we'll be rolling out this week. Uh, the scorecards are available on our website at unshackleupstate.com. We view those as a, you know, taxpayer tool for folks to be able to go in and see how their legislators are doing on issues that matter to upstate. If I look at the scorecard, what am I going to see? Just a score? Will I see individual issues? You'll be able, we're, we're pretty thorough. Each legislator will be given a grade out of a hundred. You can go in and see which bills we've offered uh, an organizational opinion on. You can read a bill memo about our organization's stand and read where a legislator came down on that issue. On Governor Cuomo, uh, one of the things he's celebrated champion is the tax cap, and I know that's something um, a lot of people want to see made permanent. Currently, sunsets in uh, a couple years. Is that something you'd like to see as yeah, well? Yeah, that's that's one of our top policy items is seeing the property tax cap made permanent. Uh, it was a success in the governor's first term back when he was a little bit more pro business and pro pro taxpayer. Uh, we want to see that made permanent so that. And then ultimately what we want to see is mandate relief so our property taxes actually start to decrease. So you've seen him turn maybe to less business-friendly in his second term. Oh, Would absolutely, you say that? Absolutely. I think that's true. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but there's no question that the second term of the governor has been a lot less friendly to employers and taxpayers. Uh, there's you know sort of a push, I think, nationally, but towards more progressive democratic politics that I think, unfortunately, tries to demonize business owners. And uh, we, we're trying to drag that conversation back to a more rational approach where we're celebrating, you know, employers creating jobs and creating an environment where 
they can continue to do so. What about his weather comment? You made reference <laughs> to it last segment, but uh, a, a lot of people had a lot to say about that. Do you think it's something where he was trying to be tongue in cheek, or, or what'd you make of no, that? No, I, I think he, I think he's, you know, maybe trying to be unrealistic about the situation here in New York. You referenced the the Tax Foundation's rankings of New York being near the bottom. Uh, you and I, you know, probably have a lot of friends who have left New York State. I've mm-hmm. never heard one of them say it was because of the snow. They're leaving because they're looking for jobs. They're going to places like Charlotte. They're going to Texas. They're going to Florida. States that have better business climates, not better weather. Uh, they they happen to have that too, but uh, that's not the reason they're leaving. You got to deal with something everywhere. It's hurricanes in Carolinas. It's snow in upstate New York. There's something everywhere. Yeah, and, and you know, we people who live here, we love it here. Uh, we've got. You know, I think we've got great weather. Today is not the right day to that, have the conversation. Uh, that's, uh, that's Michael Crocker from Upst- Unshackle Upstate. He's the new executive director there. Chris Arvaditz is uh, asking the lion's share of the questions, which is fine with me. I love people like it's this. Like Ke- Kevin here. said to me, I, I, I need a day off, Chris. My, just take uh, over. Sit, sit my sample. You, know, you talked about endorsements uh, a little while ago. Did you actually make endorsements or are you just giving grades? We will be making endorsements next week. Will uh, I, I assume that uh, you'll uh, you'll come out for a lot of Republicans in the state Senate and and you know the state Senate is really where the battle is this year and the question is will Democrats finally get control again of the state Senate and that's got to worry you. Yeah, there was an article in the Buffalo News today uh, about this topic that is that is worth a read. Uh, obviously, we've worked very closely with the Senate Republicans because they've offered us an opportunity to get upstate's voice into the conversation. If the Senate should flip, my big concern is with upstate having a voice in the room. There's only currently, I think, three Democratic senators in upstate New York. If they should be in the majority in that chamber, we're just not going to have the bodies in the room where the decisions are getting made. If that happens, uh, and it it does flip, one of those uh, senators is Tim Kennedy from right here in New York. Do you have much of a relationship with Tim? I I, I certainly know the senator, and I know he'll, if they have... Uh, control the chamber. He'll be playing. You'll, you'll, you'll know him a lot better. Yeah, he'll be playing an important <laughs> role. That's for sure. Uh, and you know, we've known each other since he was a county legislator. But you know, that's I think a part of the concern there is, is that Tim Kennedy is in Buffalo. Then you have to go out to the Syracuse area to find another Democratic state senator, and then there's one in Albany. That's it for upstate New York. The rest of it is in New York City and on Long Island. And they're going to be the ones that are controlling all the levers of government, and we're just not going to have is, a voice. Is that where your focus is going to be? Because the assembly, for a long time, for decades, has been a lost cause for Republicans. Yeah, certainly. I, I don't think there's any chance that the Republicans are going to get that majority back. Uh, but you know, we do have a, a, a strong assembly member here in Crystal People's Stokes. It's certainly been speculated that she might be the majority leader, uh, deputy mm-hmm. majority leader, now that Joe Morelli's moving on. Uh, that is certainly would be a helpful voice for Buffalo and have somebody in the room that can. You have a, a relationship with uh, Crystal currently? Uh, I, I don't currently, but I know she's got a good relationship with uh, Dottie Gallagher at the partnership, so mm-hmm. I'll be using that as a mechanism to get in front of her if I want to talk to her about any legislation. Okay, uh, we've got a we've got a break coming up. I'm on the hour news. We've got Alan Harris standing by in the news pod. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, let me uh, let me reset the table here before we go to break. Uh, we're talking this morning with Mike Crocker. Mike is the new executive director of Unshackle Upstate. Helping me the, with the questioning is uh, Chris Horvatit, uh, a, uh, a, a, a St. Mary's boy. Did That's you correct. St. Mary's yes, boy, yeah, local guy. Now at Channel Four, uh, we'll uh, take some of your calls afterwards at eight zero three zero nine thirty after the news. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. 
And welcome back to Hardline, Kevin Hardwick here in our uh, alternative Buffalo Bills pregame show we're doing here with uh, Chris Horvatitz uh, from Channel 4 along uh, to help me ask questions of uh, Mike Crocker. Mike is the new executive director of Upshackle. Uh, Upshackle. <laughs> there you go. Unshackle Upstate. Uh, let me think about that for a minute. Yeah, Unshackle Upstate. Uh, pro-business group, uh, group of Chamber of Commerces got together and trying to fight for uh, businesses and taxpayers upstate with an upstate focus. Uh, we called for calls at 803-0930, 803-0930. If you have a call for Mike Crocker, you want to talk about the business climate in upstate New York or why people are leaving, 803-0930, the number to call. Let's go first to Ken in Amherst. Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Hey, Michael, can you tell me why our sales tax rate is eight and three quarters when Rochester, Syracuse, and Niagara Falls only pay eight percent? Well, I, I think that's a that's a county by county decision. Obviously, I think Kevin might have some perspective on that, but I think part of the reason why that's the case is uh, because New York State puts so many unfunded mandates onto our counties, so our counties unfortunately have to live on sales tax dollars because their property tax bills going to pay the Medicaid bill. Uh, I don't know, Kevin, if you, well, you well, have well, a historical I, I, yeah, context no, I, there. I mean, I, I, think, think, I, I think you're right. We have one of the highest, not the highest, but one of the highest sales tax rates in uh, in the state of New York. And I think it's a choice. You have to pay for government services, including the many mandates that Michael and his group are fighting against, somehow. And I think a long time ago, uh, uh, you know, before I came on the county legislature, the decision was made here in Erie County, we'd rather pay for that in sales tax than in property tax. I mean, we have both, but the mix you'll find is different. I think if you went to, uh, you, you know, we have one of the largest sales tax rates in the uh, in the state, but we have one of the lowest uh, property tax rates. That's not to say that our property taxes are low. It's just that if you go up to Niagara County, if you go over to Monroe County, if you go to others, you'll find that ours is ours is lower. Does that help, Ken? Yeah, it does. Can I just add one other point? Yeah, yes, you may. Uh, my daughter lives near San Francisco, and everything is three times as expensive there for housing. Does anyone? approach PayPal, Twitter, or any of those companies and ask them if they would like to open a branch in New York? Well, I think they're, certainly they've tried. I know that uh, the Buffalo at Rochester communities made a joint pitch for Amazon. Amazon, certainly, yes. Selected. But I think that gets to the larger point uh, that my organization focuses on is is why would a company want to locate themselves here in New York State when there are so many other more business-friendly climates that you can get into? So, you know, we struggle to attract new businesses from outside New York to come here because it, it's just so expensive. Ken, thank you for calling this morning. Appreciate it. Uh, we we drop Ken, and uh, if you'd like that line, you can have it. Eight zero three zero nine thirty, the number to call. Eight zero three zero nine thirty. In the meantime, let's uh, squeeze in another question from Chris Orvaditz of Channel Four from Mike Crocker of Unshackle Upstate. And on Ken's point about uh, sales tax, it may be a touch higher in Erie County, but it is a statewide problem, right? Again, the Tax Foundation uh, ranks New York 42nd countrywide in, in sales tax. Uh, is that just another piece of what goes into this tax climate that you're referencing? Why would Amazon want to come here? Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think so, and I think people make decisions based off their pocketbooks. I mean, people travel, you know, it's not uncommon for somebody to travel down to Pennsylvania to go shopping for school clothes for their kids because, you know, the tax issue. People make these decisions based off of you know, their pocketbooks. So that sales tax is just another piece of the puzzle 
of why New York State is such an unfront, Mike, difficult place Mike, to live. Mike, before the break, uh, before the last break, uh, Chris asked a question about the weather and Governor Cuomo's uh, weather question. You know, this past week, or maybe it was a little over a week ago, a, a study came out from someone say talking about global warming, and we're one of the two cities <laughs> that, uh, you know, are, are going to be uh, uniquely positioned for global warming, yes? I mean, I mean, is that? I mean, our weather is actually can be an asset down the road, sure. especially since we'll have water. Sure, yeah, the fresh water is nice, but uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll see this thing turn around uh, for other reasons than our fixing our business climate. So, so uh, is there any any? Uh, I, I mean, in your current job, you came over from Collins' job, and you had to be a little bit concerned about job security there. Uh, your your current job as uh, executive director of Unshackle Upstate, you could probably retire from that because as much as we'd like to talk about uh, uh, you know everything that needs to be done and hope that it'll get done, there'll probably by the time you retire and you're not you, you know you're a, a spring chicken compared to me, um, but still you're you, you know you'd probably be doing this for a long time because yeah. the shackles there are a lot of shackles to come off. I, I say. Uh you know, my, part of my job is to is to shine a spotlight on some of the the stupid things Albany does, and and to that extent, you know, business is good because Albany uh, is not afraid to uh, put forward pieces of legislation that are just that are just crazy and make us completely non-competitive with the rest of the country. Have, so. have things as as you look back, and and you haven't been executive director of Unshackle Upstate for long, but you've been certainly beginning with the Erie County Republican Committee, and then with Senator Collins, Senator Collins, uh, uh, Congressman Collins' office, you've been uh, you know observing what's going on. Have things over time in the last decade gotten better or worse upstate? I, I think they I think they've probably gotten worse. Uh, you know, we've had. Uh, some legislative issues come up, minimum wage. You know, in that debate, we were successful in getting a carve out for upstate so that the burden wouldn't be as significant here as it would be down in New York City. But, you know, that's driving out businesses. I saw an article, uh, yesterday in the Syracuse newspaper, uh, a restaurant that had been open in Syracuse for over a hundred years closed their doors and they directly cited the, uh, the business climate here in New York as the reason for doing that. Uh, they, they wrote a letter on their Facebook page to the governor saying that it's just too expensive and it's not worth it. Part of that, I think, is minimum wage. Part of that, I think, is mandates on business. So One, one more question from Chris Horvatitz before the break. What is the number one problem facing mom-and-pop shops right now in the state? Is it minimum wage increase? I, I, th- I think it's I think it's probably taxes, but minimum wage is certainly a part, a part of that. Um, you know, there's just so many... So many taxes, so many mandates, so many things placed on the uh, burdens placed on small business owners that it's impossible to keep up. You know, a, a bigger company might be able to, you know, bring somebody on to sort of handle some of these regulatory issues for them. A small mom and pop shop doesn't have the bandwidth to do that, mm-hmm. but they got to keep up with it regardless. So at some point you make a, you know, a cost benefit analysis and say, is it just better for us to close our doors and do something else because we can't keep up and we can't afford to stay in business? All right, we have to take a uh, another break now, but we'll have one more segment with uh, Mike Crocker of Unshackle Upstate, uh, also Chris Horvatitz from Channel 4 standing by. At the top of the hour, by the way, after the news, uh, we'll be joined live in studio by uh, uh, Dr. Tim Callen, uh, uh, works for the Erie County Legislature, also Bob and Sue Gregg, friends of mine, uh, my, uh, my common people, and we'll be talking about the events of the week, the Kavanaugh confirmation and the fallout from that and everything. But as I said, one more uh, one more segment with Mike Crocker, Unshackle Upstate, Business Climate, New York State, people leaving. If you have questions or comments for Michael, give us a call now, 8030930, 8030930. 
I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to the program again. Alternative bills uh, programming here. Uh, we we send out a sad note. We send out our condolences to uh, uh, regular producer Joe Beamer today. I'm told that uh, his uh, uh, his uh, Virginia Tech Hokies got smoked yesterday by Notre Dame. It's sad. So we hope we hope Joe will be back next thoughts week. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, thoughts and thoughts and prayers. That's right. That's uh, Scott Miller, uh, fill-in producer, who you would not believe what's going on behind the scenes. The, the difficulties we're dealing with today, and Scott has everything in hand. So thanks to Scott, he's doing a fantastic job. Also doing a fantastic job at uh, Upstate. Uh, <laughs> upstate. You're going to get that by the I'm end of the show. That. That's Chris Orvatitz. Uh, giving me a hard time from Channel 4. Uh, Unshackle Upstate, uh, Mike Crocker in, uh, and we we have uh, some calls. Again, if you want to get in line, 803-0930, the number to call. Russ in Hamburg is next. Russ, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Hi, Kevin. I'm a friend of Michael's from a long time ago. Uh, Russ Gugino, how are you? Oh, Russ Gugino and a friend of this program. Ball. Yeah. So someday we may let you back on. Uh, listen, I want to ask a serious question, and that is, uh, Andrew Cuomo... Uh, not too long ago, in response to the question of uh, why are taxes so high in New York, he said, well, uh, people want services, and they've chosen me and my method to pay for them. Uh, that may be true to an extent, but have you given any thought to voter initiatives? Uh, and, and, and I'd love to see an initiative of being, but let's say, the personal income tax in New York to 5% and see whether or not that would pass. Because I'll bet you it would, and then that would constrain spending, and I'll bet you you'll probably get some people moving back to this state. But as long as the people are closed out of the process, as long as they don't have an opportunity to vote on an initiative themselves, not through the legislature and not through the governor, but an initiative that can be put on the ballot, I think that would be a great way to energize your your organization, Mike, and a lots of organizations that feel powerless to cut taxes in the state. You know? Well, well let, me, let me get in before, Russ, uh, stay on the line uh, before you get in there. Of course, there was uh, a referendum last year on a constitutional convention in which if we reform the state constitution, you could get things in there like initiative and referendum that they have in other states, and that, that just, just tanked miserably. Yeah, except that they could pass a, a law or they could pass an amendment to the Constitution without going to a constitutional convention. You're, you're right, but it would take time. It would take two passages of the state legislature, independently elected state legislatures, and the, the legislators, it can be argued, are the ones that benefit from the current system. Well, maybe so, but I, I think that if you empower people to be able to initiate not just a question of taxes, but even a question of of how they want to direct the state's resources in other ways, environmentally or, or in terms of economic, mm-hmm. or even or even uh, property tax, how they want to pay for their services, so to speak. Sure. R- Russ, let me, uh, you asked the question, Mike. I, I interjected my own views in there. Let me, let me throw it over to Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with, I agree with Kevin. I don't think that the legislators are likely to put forward something that would, that would sort of weaken their ability or give, give control to others than themselves but uh you know obviously new york has a very high budget uh we have a i think a larger budget than uh texas and florida combined uh it's up to the legislators to decide what their priorities are what services they want to provide to the voters but there's no question there are some there's 
silly things that Albany spends money on, you know, the tax credits for, for films and things like that is just a huge giveaway. So uh, I think if the voters were given the op- opportunity to, to, to decide, I think there's no question uh, you'd see lower taxes here, but I don't think that's going to happen. Russ, thanks for thanks for calling thanks, in. Russ. Appreciate it. Uh, Russ, uh, we we drop Russ. Uh, thank him for his question. Uh, if you want to get in, there may be just time. Eight zero three zero nine thirty, the number to call. Well, let me let me follow up on on tax credits for for film production. You don't think that's a that's a good idea? No, I, I, mean, I mean we've had some. No, in all seriousness, we've had some uh, some films here locally. Uh, without the tax credits, we probably wouldn't have had that economic activity. I I think you know when you're dealing with. Budget, the budget deficits that they're dealing with in Albany and the out-of-control taxes that we have here in New York, you can make a case that you know, there are better priorities to allocate our but, resources but, but, towards. But the point is, there's, if, if, if without those credits, there would be nothing to tax because they wouldn't be here. Yeah, but I, you know, th- there's a cost associated with that, and is, is that cost appropriate uh, and is that you, creating sort of a larger problem for us? You, you, you know, one of the other things that, that people talk a lot about uh, when we talk about economic development is the role of the uh, the uh, industrial development agencies. And, the, you know, some people point to the fact that we have multiple industrial development agencies in Erie County, and maybe that's not such a great idea because sometimes they compete against one another. Where, you know, you, you mentioned the, 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 and the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because you mentioned the film tax credits. Where does un, Unshackle Upstate come down on tax breaks for, for businesses through IDAs and the like? I, I, I don't think that there's any interest necessarily from our organization to change uh, the IDA system. You know, I've talked a lot about you know, thinking more globally, you know, sort of these targeted economic development issues, Buffalo Billion mm-hmm. or, you know, te- large incentives to companies like Yahoo and things like that. I think no community is ever going to push back on economic development dollars coming to their neighborhoods. But I believe that if you, uh, you know, were to make the business climate more friendly holistically, You'd see, but you wouldn't have to have these huge economic Let, giveaways. Let's go back to the phones, and after that, uh, we have one more. We'll squeeze in one more phone call, and then maybe one more question from Chris Horvatz of Channel Four that'll give his him time to think up a question. Uh, yes, uh, we're on with uh, Rita. Uh, welcome to the program. You have a question for Michael. Yes, I do. I want to know why the governor can't stop spending money like the drunken sailor. <laughs> if he did. We wouldn't have such high taxes. All right, Rita. Thank you for that pro- for, for that uh, for that that, uh, that question for Mike. Uh, Mike, the governor, drunken sailor. Well, I I I think it's clear. You know, I talked about it earlier on the show. There's there's been like a tale of two governors. There was term one mm-hmm. governor Cuomo, who seemed to be concerned about things like high taxes and high spending, and then there's term two governor who has been you know. Quite well, liberal, do you quite think the, the challenge from the left uh, in the primary had something to do oh, with that? I, I think that's, and, and, and before, no before it came, of course, it was rumored that it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I think he's responded to uh, both his pol- his own politics in New York State, and I think the national trends of you know a more progressive uh, side of government. So uh, that's been a marked change. He was, I think largely considered a close ally to the business community in his first term. I don't think it's too hard to remember a time where even Republican legislators were, you know, trying to get in that picture with him and put that yeah. on their campaign material. That's that's not been the case in term two. Okay, Chris Horvatitz. Being a pro-business business organization, interested to get your perspective on this. 
there's a debate in Erie County right now over whether to spend hundreds of millions of dollars building a new convention center, and the argument in favor is that building a new convention center would improve the business climate in uh, downtown Buffalo and in the surrounding areas. Do you think that would happen? Well, I, you know, I certainly think it would be interesting. It's the costs associated with it are going to be are are going to be very high, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how exactly they intend to fund that program, what kind of investment New York State makes, what kind of investment the county makes. Uh, no, there's no question. I think our convention center is is antiquated, forty years old. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly not a, a marquee uh, destination. It just comes down to how it's going to get funded. Uh, where are the dollars going to come from? It's going to be an extremely expensive project, and I know obviously there's it's Sunday and we're all getting ready to watch the Bills. There's also talk about what a new Buffalo Bills stadium could look like, and I think you know you're seeing some of the realities there with the the costs associated with it, and that slowed that process down. So it all comes down, I think, to dollars and cents. Well, well, and there's talk about maybe combining the two. I don't think you can talk about the two projects in a vacuum. You have to you have to combine the two, even if you do them separately. Those are both big ticket items, and you're and you're hoping for a lot of money from Albany. But then that be, kind of begs the question: We're talking here about cutting taxes in Albany. If you cut taxes, will there be enough money for the things we want? Well, we'll say well. And will our friends downstate want to send all that money to Buffalo to build a football stadium or a convention center? I don't I don't know, but that's going to you know gets to the the crux of my original point about where the power is in Albany, and if it's downstate, I don't know that those guys are going to be too. Too hungry to send that amount of money to Buffalo. We've been talking this hour to Michael Crocker, the executive director of Unshackle Upstate. Um, uh, Michael, uh, uh, let's. We got about a minute left. You can turn the tables. Do you have any questions for Chris Horvath? It's of uh, Channel Four. He's been kind of tough on you. Yeah. Oh, that's know. not fair. Come on. Well, come on. Yeah. We. we uh, yeah. The, the <laughs> he, media, uh, the fake media, don't like it when we turn the tables on you, right? <laughs> well, he. You know, he's got a. a Baseball series to watch, I think, is going to be That's more right. exciting than me. I told him at the top of the or in our conversation before that I'm an Indians fan and we're down two. He's he's Red Sox, so he's uh, he's in a good spot. Oh, I thought he might be in, like an Astros fan or something. Oh, Red, no, that Indian, would, uh, yeah. I think the I I I like the Astros in the context that I think they got a really good roster, a better roster than the Indians. I apologize, Mike, <laughs> but well, I think they got a really I, good I'm roster. Our, I'm with our buddy, uh, our producer Scott here uh, in the control room. I'm a Mets fan, so we're for mm. who are we for? Yeah, you've we're got for nobody. <laughs> we don't care. We, 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 not Atlanta. Not, not, <laughs> not Atlanta, exactly. Not Atlanta. Okay, here's a vote for not Atlanta. Uh, listen, Alan Harris standing by with the top of the hour news. I want to thank my guests for this first hour. Kevin, thank uh, you. Chris Horvaditz from uh, Channel uh, Channel 4 and Mike Crocker from Unshackle Upstate. That website again? UnshackleUpstate.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.